Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Good afternoon and God bless you. I started a series last week on God's great design. And the reason I did this, one of the reasons is that I believe that many Christians don't really understand who they are in Christ. God has a design for us individually and a design for us as a group as kingdom citizens living on earth to make with the assignment of making earth like heaven. And that's why I'm going to continue with talking about God's great design. Religion is fruit focused. The kingdom is root focused. So Jesus invites us into transformation as we submit to the rule and reign of Christ in our hearts, because the kingdom is within you. So just looking like a citizen will never bring with it the authenticity or the reality or power to make us new creatures. Amen. Note, when David stepped up to kill Goliath, he was passionate and motivated by the intimacy of relationship that he enjoyed with the father. But Saul intended to make David look like a soldier. He wanted him to conform to what everyone else looked like in order to win this battle. With that intention, Saul put his helmet, his sword and armor on David and David couldn't fight in Saul's armor because it constrained him, it inhibited him, it limited him, it was too heavy. So David took the armor off, went with God, and won the battle with only a rock and a slingshot. Mm -hmm. In other words, Saul tried to put his traditions on David, but David could only fight and win the battle by engaging what he knew, and that was his relationship and trust with God. So as long as we keep fighting in old traditions, we're going to never be successful the God way. We must become aware of religious perceptions and ways that the enemy has used to influence us so that we may completely conform to the ways of the kingdom. When we stay open to the Holy Spirit, we enable him to show us our areas of misconceptions where religion, where religion has confined us. Then we can become free to live authentically by the Spirit. Have you ever noticed that when you encounter some women, their perfume lingers on you for a while, or when they leave the room, the aroma 
of their perfume is left in the air for hours, and everyone knows they had been there. Do you realize the same thing happens when we spend time with Jesus? His characteristics or aroma get imparted into us, and we begin to emit him through our expressions and our lifestyles. Amen. Amen. There is a scripture that says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. The idea is that we are to be raised up from one state to another. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us we are new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. We celebrate that our sins have been forgiven and that our past has been made new. But God's intention is not to leave us there. We must recognize that we have also been made new creations in Christ and that this is the identity that we are to discover, walk into and live from. We must become more kingdom conscious. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The moment we are born again, we not only walked into a relationship with Christ as our Savior, but we became called to identify with him as our Lord. That's why we say he's Lord and Savior. Salvation introduces us to a mandate that the Christ within us should be evident through us. Christ is going to do something in you so that he can be seen through you. We have a responsibility to take up our cross daily. In other words, submit to his lordship and influence. The way that we realize this is by placing the word first in our life. The call is for me and my will to get out of the way so that Christ can be seen in me. It's no longer about my desires, my thoughts, my emotional preferences, but about Christ taking preeminence or becoming superior in my life. The foundation to our life is Jesus Christ. We are to build our lives on the rock, amen? which is an ongoing revelation of the Christ who lives within. Yes. One thing that the world is missing is a solid foundation. That's his great design. And the result is that people are building their lives on indulgent or permissive ideas, concepts, and emotional needs. Unfortunately, when we build our lives on anything other than a revelation of Christ, we're building on sand. And sand is unable to stand against the storms of life. And great will be its fall. 
So building our lives on Christ as our foundation is going to let is going to set us up for attack. That's right. The world doesn't like the fact that Jesus stands for truth. The world's design is to attack truth as being unloving because it does not embrace everyone's preferences. But love is not an arbitrary emotion. Love stands for something. Love stands for truth and righteousness. Love is the definition of God's very nature. Amen. So we are to govern or to be governed by a revelation of the word. Our submission to the Lordship of Christ is expressed by allowing his word to have preeminence in every area of our life. And as we do this, Christ will become evident in how we live, so our lifestyle will begin to reveal him. So more than acting like Christ, more than acting like Christ, it's about being Christ-like. It's about being Christ-like. An example was given of football players and the team jersey, because that is a recognition of their skill, ability, knowledge, experience, and talents. It's an indication that the team believes in this player and lives in the expectation that they will make a difference on the field and help get the team to victory. Now, fans, on the other hand, can buy a jersey, yes? They look like the team, but they're not equipped to make a difference on the field. They will never be champions because victory belongs to the players, not the spectators. So the jersey that the spectators wear allow them to act like the team or look like the team, but they're not part of the team. We are called to be Christ-like. Being like Christ requires that we know him. Acting like Jesus only requires that we know a book or some good principle. We don't have to carry a big family Bible around everywhere for people to know that we've been with Jesus. We don't have to put a religious bumper sticker on our cars for people to know it. And we don't have to wear a cross around our neck bigger than the one Jesus carried up Golgotha's hill for people to know it. We are to be transformed into his image. Our walk, our words, our ways should make it evident to everybody that we have been with Jesus. It's all about getting out of the way so that Christ can manifest himself through us. Amen. Amen. Acts 4.13 says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. When, Peter, when people saw Peter and John, they recognized they had been with Jesus. What made the difference was their boldness. They were established in and lived 
from a confidence that was born from a reality that had been defined from proximity to Jesus. They had time spent in the word is going to reveal Christ to us. And this revelation is going to build a new reality inside of us that will be defined by Christ. So as we live from that place from within, it will instill a new supernatural confidence in us that equips us to have influence in our world. The place where God's image is, con is conceived in us is our hearts. Our heart is a bedroom, for example, of our life. That's the place of intimacy. God created us to conceive and bear fruit. We're talking about his great design. Equipping us, equipping that gives us more influence over our future than we sometimes realize. If our lives aren't working out, we should look at what we're conceiving, my Lord. And if we want to influence our future and legacy, we have to start conceiving and giving birth to truth. Amen? We can't control the fact that we were created to conceive and give birth, but we can influence what is conceived. Keep your bedroom door locked. The only one who should have access to our place of intimacy is Christ. Any child will carry the genetic makeup of both of his parents. To get married to conceive, the Holy Spirit never used the seed of a man. He used the seed of the word. The result was Jesus, the word made flesh. Jesus was part God the word, and part Mary, the flesh it was wrapped in. God is going to work through our lives in the same way. The Holy Spirit is going to take the word and convert it to seed through revelation. Amen. And when this is deposited into our hearts, when it's deposited, we're going to conceive and ultimately give birth to transformation in me and in my world. So the challenge for the body of Christ is that we have too many promiscuous Christians. Colossians 3, 2 says, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly reality and not with the distractions of the natural realm. That's telling us not to be indiscriminately intimate. Indiscriminate means done at random or without or uh, careful judgment, thoughtless or careless. Don't allow the thoughts of others, the voice of your challenges, the inputs of your emotion, or the negativity of well-meaning meaning individuals to gain access to your bedroom, your place of intimacy with the Father. Because if you do, you're going to conceive something that is not of him. By not setting your hearts on things above, we're indiscriminately intimate. 
And the result is that we're going to give birth to illegitimate offspring, progeny that was conceived outside of our ordained union with God. Hallelujah. Illegitimate offspring would define our future, which would be outside of God's design. In other words, the things we conceive outside of union with God will never, never walk us into his destiny for our lives. And they will steal our purpose. So guarding the seat of intimacy, or that's our heart, is of utmost importance to living a victorious life and fulfilling our purpose and destiny. Proverbs 4.23 in the Amplified Version reinforces this when it says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. What we listen to and allow into us makes a huge difference in how we walk out our destiny and fulfill our purpose. Keep the bedroom door of your heart closed to anything other than Jesus. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. 